Welcome to the RTI Time Machine. Today's time traveler is John Van Trieste. And the destination London, 1704. Could Taiwanese history really have been made in the Europe of the 1700s? Well, maybe. If you'd told someone in 18th century Europe that you'd visited Taiwan, you'd have to forgive them for either laughing or scowling at you. Starting in 1704, Taiwan was at the center of a European craze. It all starts that year with the publication of a new book about Taiwan in London. It's called An Historical and Geographical Description of Formosa, an island subject to the Emperor of Japan. Its author is a man in his 20s, with strange habits, who says he's come from Taiwan, or as the Europeans call it, Formosa. The book is incredibly detailed, explaining religion, food, coins, and many other aspects of life in Taiwan. But there's a big catch. In 1704, Taiwan is not subject to the Emperor of Japan. Open the book, and you'll find woodcuts with elephants, strange altars, and even a floating city. Look at the portrait of the author, and you'll be even more surprised. He's described as pale, blonde, even Dutch-looking, and he seems to fit this description. We've stumbled on one of the most bizarre footnotes in Taiwan's history. It's the peculiar case of George Salmanazar. Salmanazar is not his real name. We don't know what his real name was. Nor do we know the total number of names he went by during his lifetime, though there are stories of him wandering Europe pretending to be an Irish pilgrim. Some believe he really comes from the south of France. But it's his Taiwanese act that really takes over when a stint as a soldier brings him to the Netherlands. He invents strange rituals and habits, speaks gibberish, and writes in a script of his own invention. The Netherlands had once colonized Taiwan, so if anyone in Europe can sniff out a fake Formosan, it's the Dutch. But gullibility and unfamiliarity with Asia don't explain the Salmanazar phenomenon. Salmanazar knows his audience and how to milk it. The final version of his story goes like this. A Jesuit, disguised as a Taiwanese, became Salmanazar's tutor. He then kidnapped young Salmanazar and brought him to France. When Salmanazar refused to convert to Catholicism, he was threatened with the Inquisition and escaped. It's an incredible story, and one of the first to hear it is a Scottish reverend called Innes, who happens to be in town. He sees an opportunity. The story has romance, adventure, and an anti-Jesuit message that the English public will love. It has the makings of a bestseller, and if he, Innes, can get this blonde-haired Asian to convert to Anglicanism, his boss, the Bishop of London, will be very pleased. Maybe pleased enough to score him a promotion. So, where deception fails, greed takes over. A baptism and a passage to England give Salmanazar a launchpad for springing his hoax on a much larger audience. Salmanazar's 1704 book sells out immediately. Formosa's capital is at a place called Externetza, he writes, and the country is ruled from Japan by Emperor Mariandanu. 
He would have us believe that Taiwan is inhabited by tigers, rhinoceroses, and elephants, that its people drink snake's blood for breakfast, that they make bread from roots, and that they regard the bodies of executed criminals as a delicacy. And it all just gets more sensational from there. Salmanazar writes that there are thousands and thousands of child sacrifices every year. The sun, moon, and stars are worshipped. The Formosans practice polygamy, and they wear brass, gold, or silver plates to cover up down below. With the success of the English version, French and Dutch editions of the book follow. The learned Royal Society is not so convinced. They call Salmanazar in to test him. One of his interrogators is no less than Edmund Haley, whose name we now most associate with a comet. The French Jesuit Jean de Fontenay questions Salmanazar too. While in Beijing, de Fontenay had met China's Kangxi Emperor himself. It was this same emperor who reluctantly brought Taiwan into the Chinese Empire's fold. In other words, Taiwan is not ruled from Japan like Salmanazar claims. And while they're at it, de Fontenay says that the Chinese do not call Taiwan Pakando the way Salmanazar says they do. That's just a made-up name. But Salmanazar insists that Taiwan is Japanese, not Chinese. When questioned, he claims that his pale skin comes from being an aristocrat who never goes in the sun. Made-up cultural differences get him out of trouble too. Maps show Taiwan's latitude, so to test Salmanazar's claims, he's asked how long the sun shines down Taiwan's chimneys. Salmanazar replies that Taiwan's chimneys don't go straight up and down, so the sun doesn't shine down them at all. He's been debunked, but people still side with Salmanazar, maybe because those accusing him are Catholics or less than pious scientists. Salmanazar and his crazy antics are known to the brightest minds of the age. His name shows up in letters sent to Isaac Newton and to John Locke. Meanwhile, Salmanazar is still getting invited to the homes of the wealthy to demonstrate eating raw meat, as he claims the Taiwanese do. A second edition of his book includes a preface where Salmanazar attempts to defend his charade and fill in the growing number of holes in his story. He says that no one in Taiwan would believe stories about Europe either. He also accuses writers who've actually been to Taiwan of making it up. Instead, he offers his elaborate fantasy, full of stories of intrigue, sketches of exotic coins, and a chart of his made-up alphabet. But whether he meant to or not, tiny bits of fact do appear among the made-up stuff. Chopsticks are described, and there's something like the idea of reincarnation. He also mentions that people eat lots of rice, although he adds a bit about how eating too much rice has left many people short-sighted. The book also talks at length about what was then the very real persecution of Christians in Japan. The charade can't last forever, though. As criticism and evidence mount against him, Salmanazar tries a few last times at defending his story. But as we get into 1706, the truth is out and the Formosan craze is over. Salmanazar is a laughingstock. The people are tired of him, and later, he's even the butt of a joke in a newspaper. What happens to Salmanazar after his patrons and his luck run out? For a time, he tries to go into vaguely Asian-sounding crafts, trying to sell things like fans. At this point, he's also smoking a lot of opium, 
which, come to think of it, might explain where his crazy stories came from. Later, he moves on with his life and gets work as a writer and compiler. He becomes very religious and begins to feel guilty about the fuss he caused when he was younger. He starts working with other writers on more fact-based projects. One of them, started later in his life, is a geography of the world. Among the sections Salmanazar chooses to work on is the one about Taiwan. He starts it off with an apology to the reader, identifying himself as that crazy Formosan guy. Actually, he turns into a bit of a stuffy boar. But there's one last twinkle of mischief in him. To the very end, even in his final memoirs, he never reveals his true name or where he comes from. He may not have been Irish, Japanese, or Taiwanese as he claimed, but who he really was, we may never know. Salmanazar is so weird and fascinating that a full Chinese translation of his account has actually been published in Taiwan. Many people have gone chasing after Salmanazar's true identity in the centuries that have followed. Many others have referred to him or used him in their own works. Jonathan Swift's famous essay, A Modest Proposal, mentions Salmanazar directly, and Swift probably got a lot of his cannibalistic ideas from Salmanazar's fake and shocking book about Taiwan. According to one biographer, Salmanazar was even the subject of psychoanalysis as recently as the 1950s. It's easy to see why, but no one has ever really figured him out. While he never really set foot in Taiwan, Salmanazar has still taken his own eccentric place in the island's history. I'm John Van Trieste, and I hope you'll join me again for another journey through time. <laughs>